Englishman in San Diego. At Meanwhile Comic Con, Worthing 2018. No one ever wants to sit at the front. No. You, you, I, I don't like to sit at the front. <laughs> well, I, I kind of angled these uh, tables as we have done because we've just had ourselves a, uh, a kind of like an interactive comics card game thing going on. Right. So it was, um, it was cool because it was a way to have the audience interact and take part and do uh, like an interactive storytelling thing. Um, and I found it interesting that um, Karen did that as a Kickstarter uh, to get things up and running, which kind of segues nicely onto our topic <laughs> for the next 30 minutes, 40 minutes or so. Uh, quick introduction, my name is Leonard. I run a website called An Englishman in San Diego, which is all about Comic Cons, uh, con culture, and all the fascinating stuff and nonsense that goes on around it. Um, we, well, I get the chance to speak to some really cool and interesting people, um, especially in comics in the UK, in small press and independent. The reason why it's fascinating for myself is that there's been a definite shift in the last couple of years that the narrative has gone from um, we are doing this for the love of the comics to we are doing this for the love of the comics and we would like to get paid please actually financing and getting stuff out there that's what we're going to talk about for the next uh, half an hour or so I would like to go down the line uh, if you would uh, introduce yourselves please and talk about um, the books that you've produced or at least I mean don't go into too much detail because we want to kind of go into it but so talk about your, your comics history as it were Starting at the end, Simon. Okay, uh, I'm Simon Burks. Uh, I um, run Blue Fox Comics. Um, it's a local uh, small indie publisher. Uh, Kickstarting wise, um, so I, I write a lot, um, <laughs> you can tell. And uh, I run Kickstarters mainly to um, fund the publishing costs uh, for the Kickstarter uh, for the book. And uh, I've been doing that since 2015. And uh, I'm currently running my 19th one, so that gives you some sort of idea. Um, I've, I've done quite a bit of training, uh, sort of there, there's sort of kickstarting training out there for comics. Uh, it's, it's surprisingly niche, but it's it's good market out there. Um, and uh, yeah, learned a lot from that, and um, and have applied some of it, and have applied some of my own uh, experience as well. Finding Next, my name is Matt Hardy. I run a small press comics company called Mad Robot Comics. Um, I run six successful Kickstarters, which I thought was a really good number, but some of them It's not a competition, Chilton. Yes, it is. Oh, it so is. Especially against Simon. Um, I also started in 2015. I mean, Simon lived very near each other as well, so it's very much a competition. Um, my titles include Cadavers, Last Exit of Brighton, Madhouse, uh, Murder Most Mundane. As I say, I've uh, run six successful Kickstarters. I'm launching my seventh in 10 days on the 21st of August, which will be an anthology collection um, starring both of these lovely young men here doing uh, lovely art in the anthology. Um, I think Kickstarters are possibly the most fun you can have and the most stress you can possibly have in a month period. Um, I You've got to understand that this gentleman here used to have the hair <laughs> of the other three. <laughs> I still have all my hair, it's at home, it's in a box. <laughs> Um, I adore 
running Kickstarters. They are the most fun times I could have, but yes, you wake up every single morning and the first thing you think of is, I need to post this on social media, on 12 social media accounts. I need to write a blog post. I need to write a Kickstarter update. I need to email 10 backers. It pretty much takes over your life. So a lot of people think it's, it's easy money. It's not, you have to put the work in. We will get into that. We will get into that. That was just his surname. That was, yeah. Yeah, that, was, yeah, that was just his surname. It's a lot of hyphenates. Um, please yeah. introduce yourself. Um, my name is Lyndon White. I'm a full-time freelance illustrator and comic artist, sometimes writer. Um, I've done about five or six Kickstarters myself. I've been part of about pushing 30 or 40, which my artwork has been on. Uh, a number of my books are published by Simon, soon to be published by Matt. Um, my last Kickstarter I did was funded in three hours, so there's lots of prep to it, but um, yeah, I can get into it afterwards. Um, but it's allow Kickstarters allow me to fund my own projects, but also you know pay me, so um, I just get to do the projects I want and by pitching direct to people, which is great because Kickstarters create a platform where books now exist that probably wouldn't exist if you were pitching to a publisher it's created a new market and a new way to do it which at the moment the publishing industry is going through quite a couple of changes so it's another revenue, it's another way of doing it. Okay. Uh, my name is Russell Olson. Um, I've only done, I've only been directly involved with two actually. One is um, I, I'm also a co, as, as well as doing my own comics, I'm also a co-starter of a studio called Gilded Boro Studios which we've got another one in the, in the, in the planning stage at the moment. Um, but I'm also like sorry, can you hear us at the back just out of curiosity? We just yeah, we'll try and project. Like Lyndon, I've also my, my work has been featured in other books and I've helped to help push things along. Um, and it's you know it's it's only gonna get the way Kickstarter works for, for artists like us, you know, although we might write and create our own things, um, being part of other people's Kickstarters is a way to do our own. That said, I also do when I for for my own issues for floppies I, I fund those out of my commission work and out of um, my illustration and design work. So um, I, I can see from, from somebody who, who likes to be able to have full, total control of a product, I can see the pros and cons of, of publishing your own and going to Kickstarter. So I'll play devil's advocate, maybe? Yeah, it sounds like it. Mm. Okay, what I want to talk about um, as the first thing then is actually the preparation for a Kickstarter. What I've discovered from other medias that have run Kickstarters, the more successful Kickstarters have been the ones where there's an actual finished product to start with, but the Kickstarter itself is funding the distribution and getting things made. But obviously with comics that's made slightly easier in that you have something that you don't necessarily need to print, um, that you can produce as artwork, but the, the Kickstarters are more for actually getting the stuff present, presented, printed, and then out to the wider world. Is that the case, would you say, or can you actually start a Kickstarter from an idea? I've, every Kickstarter I've run has been for a book that's about halfway to three quarters to reproduction. I know that a lot of my, um, my colleagues do make sure they have a finished product, and you are correct, finished products 
do sell slightly better on Kickstarter. I think also because people that then they don't know that there's something that they are going to get for their money at the end of the day. Yeah, yeah. some people have been burned, totally. and I think they they're very cautious about funding an idea. They can do. I'm I'm currently being burned, in fact, for for one of the things that I backed a while ago, and it's interesting to watch. Actually, it's it's again, it's you know, it's like uh, what I'm calling rubbernecking, really, just having a look at seeing how people uh, and problems happen, and I think. Uh, that there was a case where it was an artist and a, and a publisher, and for some reason they're not seeing. All the publishers have gone very quiet, and uh, so they've got the money and, and, and not got the product. Which uh, it, it's a shame. It's a really shame to see it. And, and as a as a person who's kickstarted stuff, it's yeah, it's it's hard to read that you know, these sort of things go so badly wrong. But yes, yeah, certainly I, I make sure generally. Well, no, I'm all mine. There's a finished product. I've already got it done. The only thing that I ever need to do is put the I always have a tier, which is you know, you know, putting the backers' names in the, in the comments. So that's the only thing generally I have to do before I before I actually am ready to print the comic. I think a lot of Kickstarters, you, one of the things they say is that you, you can, well, the minimum number of pages to have done for a comic Kickstarter is like five. You can get five done, so you can show five pages. Then people, it gives people a bit, a bit more confidence. Um, but I'd always say, you know, it's just it's far better to have as much as you can done because then. Because you know, weird things crop up after the, after the end date, and you can never tell what those things are going to be, and they're always different. Um, so if you've got most of it covered off, then you're not going to leave them waiting too long. There are practicalities in that, though. You because to have a finished product, especially for um, writers like us, mm. you need to go and find the artist. Yeah. You need to pay for the art. Yeah. So if you wanted to deliver a finished product to Kickstarter, you're going to need to self-finance that up front. Mm. Yes. I tend to do, as I say, I tend to do half and half. I tend to have a significant amount of the book done, more than enough to show that it is going to be a finished product, more than enough to put on Kickstarter, but I will use some of the funds I take from the Kickstarter to finish paying the artists. Can so, you actually then start a Kickstarter from a zero sum on your bank balance? In other words, without that initial investment, would you say? No, well... I think I'm trying to raise the, the question for someone who's wanting to come in yeah. and get a book made and say, I've got an idea. Can you sell a Kickstarter from an idea? They've got the working. Yeah. They're willing to put the, like, like these guys for example, um, very talented artists, they're happy to put the work in, put the art in, do the promotion, put the time in, and yes, you can do it. Yeah, I mean, I did a... I did a graphic novel that called The Mind of James Svengal that originally had a publishing deal and it fell through just as I finished the line work on the last page. <laughs> which I had to ink, colour, letter, and it was a case of I could either leave it and all that work's gone, or I could finish it and we funded that graphic novel through Kickstarter and I didn't get paid anything until the book started selling afterwards. Now granted that's not an ideal situation, but that is one way of doing it. You know, all it cost me was my time. And you know, it's not the best way I'd want to do it, but at least it got made that way. Because um, that's the sort of thing that can happen as well. Um, I think if you're a writer, artist, or you <coughs> find an artist who is willing to invest their time, it's not going to cost them anything. It's like if they're as passionate about the project, they can at least do six pages and a cover, cover mock-up. If they believe in the project, I think it's more than reasonable to do that. Get paid afterwards, but that shows that they're committed as well as a writer. Because I think writers tend to get the flack and have to pay for a lot of stuff. <laughs> and, yeah, and you know, and granted every artist wants to be paid for their time, but a lot don't seem to want to commit without 
Yeah, sure. I wasn't going to um, talk about the uh, indelicacies of, <laughs> of actual money and uh, what the, the, the monies we are talking and the, fund, the quantities we're talking about. But I suppose we'd best uh, put it to you. Um, we'll go for the last project that you put and go down the line. What was the funds that you were aiming for for your Kickstarter signing the last book that you, the last Kickstarter you did? Like that finished because I've got one currently at the yeah, moment. I've got go one. Go for the last finished one. Last finished one, we did a, um, a colouring book. It was a different sort of thing. Uh, I had uh, uh, I, I had a, a book called uh, The Going Up Gown, which just happened to have dragons in it, and uh, I thought it was a good idea to try to do a colouring book. Uh, funds I went for, uh, I'm thinking, of, uh, were around two thousand pounds. Okay. Uh, but I'd already paid. Again, it was lots of different artists. Uh, I'd already. So paid that's a Kickstarter of. A of two thousand pounds, the goal, yeah. Yeah, goal. Okay. Yeah, 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 and that's to cover printing costs. Fair enough. Yeah. Matt, uh, the last Kickstarter I did was for a graphic novel called Murder Most Mundane. You can buy it outside on my stand. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Is that that's, smooth? We are here to. Yeah. Um, we asked for three thousand. We got six and a half. Um, I knew I was going to need all of that 3000 to pay the artist, so I, I took a gamble. I went lower than I thought I needed, knowing that hopefully if I hit the goal early, it would give me a, a push to get the extra money, and it, it worked. We doubled what we asked for. That's very good at keeping the, the updates coming. Yeah. Very good at doing the preparation, very good at keeping the updates coming. I think also that gives that a sense of momentum as well to the yeah. Kickstarter as well, uh, in that you are, say, like you say, you reach that first goal early on, then you can turn around and say, yeah, successfully funded. Yeah. Yeah. And then it's something you can then leapfrog onto the, the rest And of backers will back a project that is successfully funded more than a project that is trying to fund. Yeah. Kickstarter yeah. themselves will show the percentage of funding. So if your book shows 300% funded, people are going to look at that book more than a book that says 100% funded or 70% funded. Fair enough. So it's playing play the numbers. Okay. Linda? Um, I did a Call of Cthulhu Constantina book, which is like a small fold-out art book. It tells a story in 10 illustrations. Um, I did all the artwork in advance and I needed a grand and in the end I just got under seven grand. So it blew up and did really well, um, nice. which is great. Uh, which meant that I paid myself afterwards, so I did the work in advance and got it afterwards. It's something I've not, I'm going to check really quickly, uh, it's something I've not really investigated too much in terms of how Kickstarter pays out. Is it done literally as it's, when it's fully funded and then, no. how, yeah. how's it, how's the payout? Yeah, after the day. After the day, okay. Yeah, they take their cut once they've collected everything. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay. So about 10% cut, and then, yeah, About two or three weeks after the, the yeah. end of it. Yeah, Fair should, should okay. be two okay. weeks, but it can, okay. yeah. 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 I was just trying to work out how, like you say, to, to pay artists, uh, how that would actually work out. Okay, so, um, um, yeah. So I'm actually in the middle of one, <laughs> just here. Um, and, uh, Why did I think of that? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, it's so, 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 so for this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for this one, um, it's, uh, yeah, it, the, it's, a, it's a collection, so I've already drawn the first four issues, colored inked, printed, and I've, I've, I've already self-funded those um, as floppies, as individual issues, so this is just the trade paperback. So my costs are mainly printing, 
I've added a few extra bits of content, so there's some things left to draw. Um, I've got uh, an editor that I had to pay to come in to, to work with it, and I've decided to get a foreword just to, to give it a bit of context. So there's a few payments on, on top of the work that's already done, but, but those things I all paid out of my own pocket from my, my business account long before I was actually getting ready to do this. Um, so for the, the costs, I had two goals in mind. One is to print 200 issues, one is to print 300. So of course, like, five, sorry, 500. So the more you, you print, your unit prices come down. So I always like to have two figures. I always like to have one thing, which is what I absolutely have to get to get it out there. And then one is what would I like to have. And then I'll have, a, I'll have a third figure that kind of sits in the shadow of what would, you know, ideally. What, what gives me a lot, you know, quite a bit of quantity in terms of things to sell. And then also is there a way I can pay myself for some of my time or, you know, pay off my, my Adobe Photoshop debt. You know, what can I, what, you know, how to pay for supplies, materials, sure. um, sushi for my wife. Um, you need essentials. Yeah, yeah, you need a sushi budget, you do. Um, so yeah, I I I I try to I try to keep it quite honest. Um, there are a lot of people out there who they will go right up front and be like, I want twenty nine grand because I've got a mortgage that I want to pay off, and and I some people get away with it. They do, and they get people will fund them. But for me, you know, the I would just feel guilty doing that. I suppose yeah, it depends on the fan base as well. They have yeah, to start yeah. off with if you've got a good fan base or it's a web comic and stuff like that, then. Then you have a lot. I know that some of the biggest funding on Kickstarter is for web comics, so there's a lot of there's a lot of good reasons for. Well, that was going to be that was going to be my next question because uh, I think the reason why I wanted to, I'm really excited about this panel, especially for people coming in and listening to this, is at the end of the day, um, people may be wanting to launch their own projects, but a lot of people don't have the fan base that you have at this time and like you say they may have an idea they may just literally be starting from scratch I don't know if where the hell do you go from there where this is where Simon yeah. does have to take it oh, that's fine that's, that's fine so I mean where do you go I mean where how do you get a project off the ground you, yeah it's it's a lot of pre-investment of time and energy is it time and energy or is the, is, is the money involved well, no. To, to start off with, you could. I mean, you can. You, if any of you do a Kickstarter, if you've done a Kickstarter, I'm sure you will become aware, or you are aware, if you've done one, that the minute you press launch, your inbox will be flooded by people saying, "Hi, I've done so many Kickstarters, and I've set up this business to help you. And if you give me so much money, we'll make sure that you hit your goal within." Um, ignore them. Yeah, yeah. ignore them. Um, but there's, there. Yes, you could. You could spend money to to buy Twitter followers, to buy Instagram followers, but those aren't valuable followers. Those are, those are just, they're probably bot accounts or they're people that don't really check, they're just happy to, to get a few pence off of a pound to, to say, yeah, I'll follow someone. Um, it's, it's all about graft. It's about getting something out there, being consistent with it. So for me, I started Gateway City originally as a um, as webcomic, and I made sure that every week I put a new page up. On the, on the dot, so every every Sunday at such and such a time, I think it was 7 p.m., no, sorry, 12, 12, 12, in the middle of the day in San Francisco, because I knew, like, if 
if I hit that as a target, then it was 8 p.m. Around 8 p.m. here, so people were, you know, Sunday, you've, you've eaten your Sunday, Sunday, Sunday supper. I run a website you, about San Diego Comic Con. I, I can do con time conversions in my yeah, head. Yeah, yeah. But um, so it's, it was, uh, I, and I built an audience that way. Um, put stuff up on Instagram, put stuff up on Twitter, Facebook, and then went to conventions, shook hands, met people. Um, the one thing you've got to do is, I, I'd say the most valuable thing for me was finding your peers. Find people who are at the stage that you're at. Um, because they probably have some followers that maybe they're, they're friends or people who are just acquaintances. So piggybacking off other people's follow count. I mean, it makes sense. Because at least then if they, could, if they show enthusiasm, they will then pass that enthusiasm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. It's, Instead it's, of developing, well, obviously you will develop your own audience, but kind of... Well, it's the same thing. So you probably have a, a core group of, of, you might have a small group of followers at first. And the, the, the people who are your peers are probably producing things that are quite similar to what you're producing. So it may be that there's some sympathy there between your audience and their audience, your work and their work. And, it, you know, if you could put together an anthology book, that way you help to kind of cut costs, you save costs amongst yourselves, you're using a similar audience base. Um, that's Spreading the love as well. Yeah, absolutely. And one thing that I love about um, comics, particularly UK, the UK comic scene, is the you know there's there's this sort of proverbial ladder that we're all climbing towards professionalism, towards being able to do it, uh, you know, work work for a living doing it, maybe even work in big leagues for some people. Um, and here, everybody helps everyone else up on the ladder. We're all pulling each other up the wrong and it's really time wonderful. So I, I can't stress enough: find your peers, and I don't and don't don't use them. I'm not asking you to say go out there and like be really mercenary and say you're my friend because I see you've got lots of followers. Help me out. Here. But I don't know. I think that could probably work. For it you. might. It's, there, there may be people who are who are doing that, who are being a bit greasy about it. But as long as they're, you're, they're not funny about it. At least they're helping and you're helping each other, and it's it's mutually beneficial. Then go for it. I would say that that kind of mercenary approach is probably going to be pretty evident to followers and viewers out there who may be like. Yeah, I like the work you're doing, but you guys seem like jackasses, so I will stay clear of you. But um, if you, you know, if you find people that you genuinely like and you genuinely like their work, then that will really help each other, and help you to build followers, uh, readers, an audience pretty quickly. I'd say. Yeah, social media is the key. Yeah, that's, that's now, pretty much what you're hitting. Okay, well that was going to be the next question then. Um, I, obviously, social media is such a massive, powerful tool in that regard. But um, I found the best networking, especially when it comes to building relationships with artists and creatives in this country, is events like this, yeah. Comic Cons. What would you say, uh, or what would you give as advice then to how would you approach somebody and say, I am wanting to get something done? Yeah and approaching artists here at a convention. Because at least then there's a, it's not just a voice out in the void, it's a physical contact. Catch me in the bar, buy my drink. Yeah. <laughs> well, I remember four years ago, before I did my first Kickstarter, uh, I, was, I came, went to my first Comic Con, and, um, and went around, I think I met Lyndon at that first Comic Con. You did. Uh, and uh, contacted Lyndon afterwards as well. Uh, but also picked up anthology books. This is a great thing about anthology books. Uh, you can have a look at lots of artists, uh, especially if you're a writer, and uh, and find out a style that you might like. And, you, and there's generally, con and obviously, if they've done an anthology and they're UK based or wherever they're based, but 
then there's a good chance that they'll be responsive and talk to you. And, you know, if they've already done small press, why not? You know, they're going to be interested uh, um, in doing it. So yeah, that's exactly what I did. I found, uh, as I say, an artist for sinners, uh, and I, I saw uh, Roy Stewart, who does the work now. Uh, he was in the anthology um, from Big Punch Studios in here. Just contacted him and said, "Yeah, so that's what." Yeah. If you're really smart about it, um, every Kickstarter I've run, I launch it probably the Monday or Tuesday leading up to an event. So I was going to move on to actual <laughs> the mechanics of it. Okay. But we'll get it. We'll get in, into that. Yeah. Um, so building up that network um, is obviously crucial. Is that part of the prep, or is that something that you can actually do during your Kickstarter? Both. Both. Yeah, both. Yeah. Both. Yeah. You want to make sure you've got a social media audience. Yeah. You are saying earlier, how do, you, how do you go from zero? How do yeah. you start from scratch? Yeah. You build up a social media audience. Facebook, Kickstarter, Instagram, and I'm going to try Reddit for the first time for this, this next Kickstarter. You're brave. <laughs> you are brave. Yeah, I know. Yeah. A few people have told me that, but I think I've, I've got presence on those three major platforms. Yeah. I need another avenue so yeah I might yeah. give Reddit at least give it a go for this one yeah. if that works out for Matt I'll be doing that and so, <laughs> well, I'll be taking back I'll be straight well, I'm, I'm, re, I'm relaunching my website I'm going to try thing. Instagram TV I'm going oh, Instagram yeah, okay. Lardy I, yes. I love Instagram to bits yeah, I really I do. do Instagram is so especially these days um, when Facebook and Twitter were somewhat swamped I think I think Instagram is such a great platform at the moment yeah. for the stuff that we do but do yeah you if, you, if you're going from scratch <laughs> spend Six months talking to showing showing people your projects if you can whatever you've got yeah. on social media talk to your backers as well. Um, okay, um, I think I this came up as part of the small press panel at Chichester, and I asked you the question. And I'm going to ask it again so we have a repeat of the answer. Um, and it was about um, the social media, and you're saying build up a social media platform. Is there a benefit to concentrating on one platform? Or is it a case of you have to hit everything? That's a really hard question. I, I don't know. I hit everything because I'm too scared not to. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. I mean, you guys, we, we use everything, don't we? Yeah. Do you, it's, do yeah. Here, concentrate on one Which one's the ones that do the best damage with? Or the best, um, Honestly, out of all of this, is building up your email list. We should be able to talk about right. that. Oh, right. that's, 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 that's where you're going to get your biggest return. Um, because these are people who are, are warm to you uh, and they actually um, uh, want to be contacted. So yes, yeah, so the very first thing, thing when, whenever I do uh, Kickstarters and I send uh, stuff out, um, yeah, the, the biggest return is on the email, on the email list. I think I've got 700 people at the moment and I try and grow that all the time. It's slightly difficult now because GDPR, so there's not a lot of being able to give, you know, give PDFs away. But as long as you word it right, then there's a chance that you know you can say, okay, you know, do you want to be part of the, you know, the, the I think it's called the Blue Fox Comics VIP newsletter, the family, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and and you'll also happen to get these free comics at the same time, you know, just, and by doing that and getting people on board that way, it's it's something to do. You can do it now, can, and the first thing to do is find your look in your phone, find the ten people, twenty people that you've just spoken to this week, and ask them. Would you like to be part of my email list? And that's how you start that game. Yeah. The worst thing I'll say is no. Yeah. Or yeah. block. And they and they will generally say yes. Yeah. And yeah. that's lovely. And, okay. and, and it's just being and, and getting over that British thing of not being able to ask people. And it's the, that's the tough. That's certainly for myself. It's the one uh, as somebody who's um, 
I don't want to make this about myself. So I don't <laughs> Please um, do. I'll no, try not to. Um, trying to make contacts certainly in the U US when I've been speaking to someone, uh, people at San Diego this last uh, month, actually approaching a table and that British reserve is yeah. a pain in the ass to get over. It's mm. a hump and a half. Mm. Right, let's talk about the actual mechanics because we were just touching on it, so let's get into it. Um, I want to talk about um, when you say you're launching a, a Kickstarter and also how long your goals are because um, I've been reading about the benefits and pros and cons of short um, campaigns, mm -hmm. short sharp shocks, mm -hmm. to longer campaigns where you actually really develop um, relationship with your backers. Which, what would you say, pros and cons? Um, we'll, we'll start at this end. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, I, I, I have looked at both the, the short and long. Um, I, I like the thirty day period. I think that's just about right. Um, you get people who say, I think if, if you're someone like Simon, who's done loads of campaigns, you can probably get away with doing a pretty short, um, you know, very brief, one week, five days campaign. Um, the, the, the reason I like the 30-day campaign is although I've built up um, followers on social media, uh, the nice thing about what, you know, Kickstarter, once you set your campaign, you can start to see it breaks down where the funding is coming from. And if you get enough of a profile on Kickstarter, um, at, the, at the moment, this, my, my Kickstarter is, is blessedly fully funded, uh, funded the first day. I think I'm up to like 200 something percent now funded, and it's, it's only been about 10 days going, so I'm really pleased by that. But what you see is you get um, a pie chart of where your different revenue streams are coming from. And at the moment, mine's sitting 50-50 people who just found it on Kickstarter, and 50% who came from Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, so you... I, the, the yes, although your fans on Twitter and, and Instagram, they're going to get probably sick to death of seeing you push your book for a month. At the same time, you can't, you can't turn your back on the fact that there are going to be people throughout that period who are going to stumble upon your work just from looking at what's available on, Insta on, on Kickstarter itself. Um, so for the mechanics of that, I like to give it a month from the two that I've done. It just seems like it's... That's a, that's a stress level that I can manage. I also am a librarian in a school, so August is the perfect time for me because I'm, I'm off school. I can sit in front of my laptop and, and monitor it while I'm doing other work. Um, and I can, give, you know, I can give that eight hour a day presence online of, of being able to make sure that I'm hitting the people who are in the States, hitting people who are in Australia, hitting the people who are um, in, in, uh, in, in England and, and the UK as well. Europe, which you can. Remind me to come back to that because I want to talk about regional targeting as well. You're talking about launch dates? Yeah, um, I always launch mine on a Monday or Tuesday and leaving it to events because um, I find it really handy to, well, you start early in the week with the launch date. Uh, if you get to, if you're lucky enough to like have a really good couple of first days, um, you might be, say, 20% by weekend um, or you might already be funded and if you can be at that convention with a Kickstarter fly for people coming around saying oh by the way we've got this Kickstarter for this new book oh great I'll check it out what, and they always ask what's your percentage on and if you can say oh we're 20% in three days great if you've already funded at that point then like oh my god this is something I'm definitely checking out because people have always seen this value is the in the next top thing yeah exactly um, and you know it's it helps because you can get swept up in the promotion of the event as well um, I've got a book coming out which is going to be another social media thing with um, 
crowdfunding later in the year and that's being announced and launching uh, the week of the event later in the year and it's the same sort of thing we're going to hit them and get swept up in the marketing of that event and it really does help um, that however does require a lot more planning because you have to before it all launches you've got to speak to your review reviewers websites interviewers podcasts all that kind of thing to get them to promote it after your launch day because mm -hmm. the last thing you want is your project being announced early because someone's accidentally put up their review up at the wrong time or their interview with you giving all the details when and people go to back it and say oh well can't back it because it's not actually out till next week um, that's uh, sorry you know, like that is one of the most frustrating yeah. things is yeah, that it's you, really can't, you can't you can't produce any promotional material with your Kickstarter address yeah. Until after it's been launched. What you could do, what I generally do, uh, is you do your pretty link, so you, yeah. you do your redirection. So I've got a bluefoxcomics.com forward slash Harrowbee for my current one. So that pointed, uh, that pointed initially at the um, uh, the pre-release site, so that people could comment on it. And then when it went live, I could change that redirection to go. Yeah. But and yeah, so it is a pain. It is a pain, but there are ways around. It's really good when it works out though. Because you get this massive boom in your first week as well, and if anyone's actually late posting anything, then it just trickles on while your campaign's going on. Cool. Um, yeah. You can actually let people see your Kickstarter in advance. You can actually send out a preview link from Kickstarter showing your project, and that link actually then switches to live when the project goes live. Some people do it. I tend to do it a couple of days beforehand. Again, as these guys say, you don't. I was going to say, is there a is there a benefit to it? People can go and see the rewards, think mm. about it, make their mind up. It's yeah. I don't know. They can budget. Yeah, yeah it's, it swings and roundabouts. It gives them an advanced look, but as these guys said, you can't pledge on it, so you you might lose those pledges. Okay. Do you guys want to cheat for Kickstarter? Go for it. Yes, please. <laughs> <laughs> when you set up a Kickstarter, Kickstarter will automatically set your funding period as thirty days. That's the default they will set it for, and I think a month is a good. Is the optimum period to run a Kickstarter on. But you can change up to 31 days manually. As far as your audience is concerned, you're still funding for a month. You get extra days worth of funding out of that. It doesn't sound like much, but that extra day could be two, three hundred pounds extra amount of backers. And the perception is that you're still running it for a month, the same as the guy next to me who's left his at 30 days. Useful tip, I think. Sometimes I you can also set it for a, a specific end date and time. So there are times because I try new things out, I experiment with things, uh, and I, I, I tend to try and finish it on like a, a midnight or two o'clock in the morning because a lot of our backers are from the states, so that, that sort of helps. So finishing it at seven o'clock UK time means that it's you know, at least two p.m. in the states, and that's not going to be people going to be at work basically. So it's always good to. That was going to be my, obviously I was going to come back to it, here we go then, um, regional uh, backing then. Um, where do you get, uh, can you break it down yeah. percentage wise? Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. I mean, I didn't, make, I didn't yeah. say it to me, yeah, yeah, yeah. can you, oh, yeah. I mean, obviously yeah. you can, yeah. but uh, for yourselves can you uh, get an idea of... Well, so like, that's a force, yeah, basically, yeah. but yeah. We, know, we know that. And, yeah, okay. and Google Percent, analytics. Okay, yeah. It's about 50% 50 50. US. Okay. Uh, I have uh, 50 US, 50 UK, and then about 10, uh, but you know, it's that sort of figure. It's, it's equal between the US and the UK, and then it's probably about 10% um, 
Europe, Europe and elsewhere. Australia. Yeah, Australia. One of the best Kickstarters I ever run was literally two weeks after we voted uh, to leave the European Union. We voted for Brexit because the pound plummeted and I got a massive amount of European backers. <laughs> because this, my stuff was obviously so much cheaper suddenly mm. because the pound had plummeted. I'm not advocating either way for, for Brexit. That's a separate conversation. That's advanced plan. But yeah, normal. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so I scuffered us in the European yeah. Union just to find, just to find yeah. the book. Find out how. <laughs> okay. But yeah, no, Europe, uh, US tends to be uh, a very solid market to go for. Lennon. Yeah, it's pretty much the same. Yeah, Am I going to get the same Yeah, it's pretty much. I would say, for me, it's slightly... I'm, I'm from the States originally. I've been over here 10 years, so the, the connection is tenuous. The at accent best. is sliding. It is sliding, yeah. <laughs> I, get, I, get, I get Canadian a lot, um, <laughs> which is all right at the moment. I don't mind being called Canadian. Um, but, uh, yeah, the, I, my percentage is slightly higher in the US. It's probably... 56, 57 to okay. 43, um, but only, only marginally. And again, the, the subject matter is it's in the States, so I'm going. I've got a couple more questions to ask, but I want to do open this up and I want to know if there's anything that you want to ask. Anything that you want to put to our panels in terms of, I don't know, stretch goals or anything? Yeah, is that the, good, the next yeah, thing? Yeah, stretch goals and um, the actual like, effect amounts as well. So, I mean, you've been talking a lot about frenzy, but do you do PDS in your... Um, always, yeah. 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 Dig digital, yeah. Always do a digital reward if you can. Because yeah. postage is expensive to the states, uh, and uh, obviously it's expensive for them and it's expensive everywhere else, so I always think a PDF is a good thing. Personally, if it's a, if it's a floppy, I just do a PDF and a floppy for a pound, uh, or then I'll do a deluxe edition for three pounds, just to squeeze that money out of them a little bit more. Um, I hope you're not recording this. Um, <laughs> uh, I'll, so I'll edit that. All the Simon's back as he's squeezing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right. <laughs> so, really, yeah, 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 so that sort of thing. PDFs are really, are really good as well. Um, so yeah, I And your overhead is virtually zero. Yeah. No, yeah, no printing costs. Yeah. So yeah, you're making apart, apart from the art to, uh, to produce a project. You're making 100% profit on that PDF, so yeah, always do a digital yeah. reward. Yeah. Got to make that PDF for your printer anyway, so you've, you've yeah, got, yes, you've, yeah, you've exactly. got it. Yeah, exactly. It's going to be made. Yeah. Might, yeah. might as well use it. If there's anything you can create that isn't going to cost you money and you can give away, mm. then that helps. Um, another trick you can do is say your postage overseas is going to cost you £7 because you've got a chunky book and you want to make sure that. Oh, that's quite expensive. People overseas maybe charge them five pound, and you take the two pound hit because you're still going to make profit on it anyway. But that means that you'll probably get more backers because shipping is a pain in the butt. I mean, I think I, my last Kickstarter spent more money on shipping than I did printing the books. Yeah, yeah. that was going to be my pin. Uh, jumping off on that question, then printing uh, of PDF and digital rewards are fantastic, but some people quite like the the merch and mm. they quite like something in front of them. Yeah. How does that work in terms of the ones that you have done? Does it is there yeah. benefit to it? Well, what or I does it do, just do, or does it just eat into your? I do the other the other rewards that I go along with it or stretch goals. They tend to be flat and light. That's the thing to do. Okay, so we've got you know coasters are great because they're flat and light or or prints, bookmarks, pins, and, and bookmarks and pins. Um, so oh, that sort of stuff. It's yeah, just yeah. yeah don't overbet. The first few um, Kickstarters I did, I did T-shirts. Now they're they're lovely and people do like them, but they're a pain. 
Yeah. Um, unless it's a, a t-shirt Kickstarter, but you know. Put them on a higher, if you have to do t-shirts, yeah. put it on a higher tier to justify the cost of printing and shipping them. Yeah. There's, there's another thing you could do, which is what I, the, the first Kickstarter I ever ran, without even thinking about the, I, 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 I made these meticulous um, spreadsheets about how everything worked, but what I didn't include is that for everything I added as a stretch goal, it added weight mm. onto shipping. So in the end, I did take a hit on shipping, particularly to the States, because that, you know, those things cost extra. And I made this, I just found this guy who makes, um, he's, he works for the British Museum and he creates replica um, pilgrim badges, these little computer pilgrim badges that people would have collected in the Middle Ages. So I had him, off of a design that I made, made this beautiful little one, attached it to a leather bookmark. This thing was fantastic. People loved it. The day we announced it, we hit the stretch goal like that. And then it, <laughs> it dawned on me, like, these are chunky little leather bookmarks with a big wad of pewter on the end of it. And that's in every package I had over, over the limit. So the next time I thought, well, okay, for the next thing I do, what I want to do is, yeah, I'll have some prints and some extra things that I could fit. Because people like to open up the box and pull things out and they've got, you know, bit, this bit, that bit, that bit. But I also thought, what you can, you can do is you can tell people, if we hit the next level, you can get, we'll add a, an extra layer to the book itself. So, um, for example, I've some, some people do, they say, well, well, we'll move from like this kind of paper to this kind of paper, so it'll be slightly nicer, the cover will be slightly nicer. Um, like for, for one, again, to, to plug, um, the, next, the next level that I've got, the next stretch goal, is gonna be a pinup by Greg Smallwood, which will be in the back of the book. So, it's, you know, it doesn't add much weight, it's a nice little thing, um, and we'll have a print of it that people have as well, but it, it adds, Something a level, an extra layer to the to the thing that you you produce. Yeah, yeah. 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 The other thing to add that I I learned is don't do prints which are bigger than the comic. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So you want to do a print which actually fits in the comic. Yeah. And so you know it, it just you know, it's obvious, but it's you know I've screwed yeah. it up. You are gonna make mistakes. Yes. Yeah. You're gonna well, kick yourself oh, and you're gonna oh, say why didn't I see this coming? It's because you you are leveraging. A million different things in that month. You were never going to hustle so hard in your life. Mm. And I, I, it is a hustle. It is absolutely a hustle. It doesn't I mean it's sinister, but it's a hustle. And it's a sharp learning curve. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you will actually make completely make mistakes, but you will learn from them. And you're not going to make huge amounts of money yeah. on it. It is not a money-making process. Mm. It's there to make the product. Mm. Yep. Another thing on digital rewards, very quickly, is. Um, computer desktop wallpaper, yeah. really cheap digital reward, and I started doing soundtracks to mm. my books. Yeah. So Spotify playlists, or just listing, as long as you're not actually putting the songs on your Kickstarter, there's no issues, you're just literally recommending you might want to listen to this song while the book is on. Um, again, um, free, cheap, and backers seem to really enjoy that. When it comes to mistakes as well, uh, from a uh, Kickstarter that I have followed, um, I would also turn around and say, do not put glitter inside <laughs> I know it may sound cute and it may sound like you're really kind of brightening up somebody's day. For God's sake, don't do it. You've ruined my wife's day, man. Oh, Christ, <laughs> yeah. um, We're still picking that shit up. It's just... <laughs> Anywho, we have someone whose hand up. Go for it, sir. Uh, I know Kickstarters don't necessarily end up the product has been funded. You have to update as well. Yeah. And a lot of... Kickstarters that I've seen that struggle once that don't update as much. How do you go about that? Do updates. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there's... there's, there's sorry, I didn't mean to sound so flippant. One thing that I've noticed from the audience is that um, like the, the first one that I did, um, one of the, the stretch goals was actually a, a behind the scenes, like a making of, because there are quite a few people who are going to be 
backing your product um, because they're thinking about doing one themselves and they want to be along for the ride, so they want updates. Um, but updates are wonderful. Because you have so many moving parts, it gives you a chance to kind of sit down for a second, type out a few things about kind of process. What, what am I doing? What am I, what am I doing right now? And share that. Yeah, and people like they they enjoy that. Yeah, um, peek peek through the curtain. Yeah, it's absolutely. seeing behind the scenes. I will say, do an update every two to three days, and only do an update if you have something to say. Don't do an update just saying, "Hey guys, we're still doing really well. Thanks so much for backing yeah. us." They they will get boring very yeah. quickly. You can people send the messages for thank you. Yeah. Always be grateful. Yeah. Always thank your backers. You would not have the book if it wasn't for them. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, make sure you have something to say. Like this is a new stretch goal. Look at this reward. This is a new piece of art. Yeah. So that, that will engage your backers. That's the way to do your updates. So yeah. the other thing to do, uh, you can do, is to actually ask them for input. You see, because that's going to get them. Because one of the one of the things that Kickstarter do, if you, um, if they, if the algorithms can see that people are interacting with you and with your campaign, you know, it, it, it bumps you up the list on the display on the screen. Um, so and that's really what you want to do as well. So you know, ask them, well, we've got this character, what do you want to call them? Or you know, that sort of thing. So actually get their feedback. So the more they comment on your updates or your project, um, you yeah, the higher up you go. Okay. The, the other thing is, is know these guys. <laughs> and, and, and ask them. Like, give them links to your preview of, of the Kickstarter you're building. And, and just flat out say, how can I do this better? Because nine times out of 10, you'll find that people who are doing something similar to you they are more than happy to share their time and, and give you some input. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've got one last question, but I'll just put out again. Is there anybody that has a question? I know that you... Sorry, you've been waiting. Oh, I was so happy. <laughs> uh, you, you could, the close enough to hit me. It's great. Go for it. Um, so, I'm thinking about working for the next month. My family, small as it is, I like to make this company sweet. In terms of postage, is it a big thing to ask the Swedes for a, like a typical one flat, sort of like ten pounds. From you asked the Swedes for more postage for more than the UK. You need to you need stagger to ask your everybody. postage here. Yes, definitely. Yeah. You need yeah. to stagger you, them. You're going to posting to Australia. You're posting to US. You ask them yeah. for. What you'll see is when you, when you set it up, it'll, it'll give you the, like when you're putting your reward tiers, it'll say, okay, so what, what's the cost for shipping just generally for this? Or what's the, what's the cost for the, the value for this? And then it'll give you this drop down box and say, okay, how much is it going to cost? You can, you can just sort of ballpark it and say one for the UK and one for the rest of the world, which is a bit, that, that's rough. But if you, if you know your markets, then you can put down, you can go and you can find, you can use the Royal Mail app and say, how much is this weight going to cost? And it'll tell you, Kickstarter will bump it up, which is good because what you're not thinking about is I actually have to pay for the boxes to put these things in as well. So shipping isn't just the cost of postage, but it's also the material you're using and your time because you're going to be taking you know, boxes and boxes <laughs> to the post office. That, that takes time, petrol. I think also the, if you get a good, strong, Backing or a, a family of backers, you know, a, a, a team that will actually support you. They will also then understand that yeah. you've got to get that to you, to them, yeah. so they will pay that. Don't, there don't are, be afraid, there are, yeah. Don't be afraid of charging your American backers seven pounds postage because yeah. they'll understand it will cost that to post the item to America. Yeah. Admittedly, there are a number of Kickstarters uh, which are notorious in, in certain comics industry. 
uh, press at the moment have got a blanket charge for um, across, you know, sort of domestic. You, uh, I think it's the, this an American uh, Kickstarter uh, that is wanting to charge something like eleven dollars for everything. And you're and, backers. Uh, you're, well, yeah, this guy. Yeah, okay. This, yeah, this guy, <laughs> depends this if you're a big enough name and maybe you get away with it. Yes, yeah. well, this. Search comics Twitter to know what the hell yeah. I'm talking about there. But there's an important thing to um, make, but definitely charge shipping because at the moment there's a there's a small sort of almost movement. Quite a few Kickstarters I've seen it says in the small print we will charge shipping afterwards in our uh, you know when they. Have to make clear then on the, the no, you don't have to. No, because people backers would expect it when they back it. They will expect that it will come up and say, "Oh, you're in UK, you're yeah. in Sweden. This is how much." Kickstarter does it all for you. When you select a reward tier, it will you put in how much you want to charge, and when your backer selects a reward tier, it will say Simon says UK will charge you two pound, uh, France will charge you four pound, etc., etc., etc. The tool is there for you to use. Yeah. Make sure you it's use it. Very important. You put do put the shipping charges into Kickstarter. Don't ever leave them after afterwards because yeah. people are just going to get angry. Yeah. I've got one last question. I want to try and make it relatively quick so we can move on. Uh, it's about if a Kickstarter doesn't work. Mm. At the end of the day, it's a gamble. Yeah. How can you protect yourself against a Kickstarter that doesn't work? Well, Kickstarter by nature is lovely. That if, if, the, if the project doesn't get funded, then you're not taking anyone's money, so you don't have to return anything. Their, their pledges are, are negated. You may take a hit if you've had to pay artists, or if you've, if you've already had the book printed. That, you know. I'm guessing... Does it also hit your standing no. in the community, would you say, to, I, I to say have not. a Kickstarter that fails? No, I would say if your Kickstarter fails, relaunch. Yeah. Generally mm. speaking, not in all circumstances, but generally speaking, relaunch Kickstarters actually do better mm. because you've got that initial group that backed you and then you get another chance yeah. to do it again. I'm not advocating making your Kickstarter fail. <laughs> if you keep on doing it, people won't back you. But don't let a foul kick Also show some tenacity. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Totally. Pick yourself yeah. up, retool, work yeah. out what you did wrong, yeah. and do it again. Yeah. yeah. D don't just like have your Kickstarter fail and do the exact same thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I I've seen that happen and clearly you've not done something. Something yeah. hasn't quite worked. Maybe your product isn't right and you might need to work on your product a bit more or you haven't advertised it properly. But if your Kickstarter is going to fail, you need to objectively look at it and think, what can I do to yeah, yeah. improve this? I, I had a hard cover in the gun yeah. midnight gown and I just didn't need it. It was me just being, I don't know, you know. We all want hardcover. Yeah, we all want hardcover. Yeah, yeah. So we want to put it on a bookshelf. Yeah. I've yeah. really gone down that route as well yeah. and got talked out at the last minute yeah. because the, um, uh, the costs are yeah. very difficult to hit. We're going to get into that in the, third, the final panel of the day of the small printings. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Small press Can I just say this really quickly? Anyone who's thinking of doing a Kickstarter to print a book, print UK comic size, not American. American comic book size costs twice as much to print in this country, and it's only about two centimetres smaller, and it partially costs pretty much. Yeah. I was going to ask this at the very beginning, and completely forgot who's actually interested in actually getting something made. Yep, so we've, we've got people in the room and I hope that we helped with some practical advice. Um, if you do want more, of course, these guys are open to talking to you about getting something made. If you'd like to go down and just give us a, like a, a, um, who you are and where people can find you. Uh, I'm, sorry, I'm Simon Burks. 
uh, I run Blue Fox Comics Publishing. Um, and, and, and this. And this, and, uh, and I'm running yeah. this so. Comic Con. Um, but you can find me on bluefoxcomics.com or Simon at Bluefox Comics. Uh, and um, yeah, uh, but please just come up to me and talk to me. I'm fair enough. Okay, Matt? Uh, Matt Hardy, uh, Mad Robot Comics on Twitter, Facebook. Instagram, all of those places. Google Plus. And, and yeah. uh, madrobotcomics.com. Having your own website, really good idea. I am just as by the main entrance, as you walk in the front door, um, is my stand. Please come and find me. I'm more than happy to talk to you guys about anything you like. Uh, I'm Lyndon White. You can find me at Lyndon Draws on social media. Uh, my website's lyndonwhite.com, as my name is spelt. Um, and yeah, if you've got any questions, just drop me a message anytime. Um, I'm Russell Mark Olson, uh, I'm the artist and writer behind Gateway City. Um, you can, if you just type into Google Russell Mark Olson, O-L-S-O-N, um, you'll find me. Uh, I'm most active on, on Twitter, but um, I've got these little handy cards. If anybody is interested, which has my contact details, feel free to get in touch. And for myself, I'm Leonard Sultana, you can find me at Englishman SDCC. Thank you very much indeed for your time. I hope you've enjoyed it. And can you, a round of applause please for our guests. Oh, no,